You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. The shir today, which is on the subject of what relevance a Gail Adam, the avenger of Balud, has for today's times, uh, I'm going to say first that the shir has been uh, dedicated. Of course, it's always every week. It's the um, the Isser Ben Svi Her Shir, and that, of course, is uh, Mr. Jonas's uh, father. But this shir specifically was dedicated is dedicated, and I'm sorry I didn't put it out in the email, to Avram Herzl ben Mamus Yaakov. Um, his daughter, uh, who is here in the United States, uh, the rest of the family is in Eretz Yisrael, but she wanted to do something to dedicate something for her father's yurt site. Uh, he died on the 27th of Tammuz, Tov Shenayin Ches, that would be this is coming up to be his second yard site. She wrote me that he was someone who was very involved in Hanasas uh, For anyone who needed anything, he would always be there for them. In general, he had a respect, Kabod Kol Adam. And these were the things that he lived by. He was a person who was Rodev Shalom and Oev Shalom. So I wasn't Zoha to know him. But we hope that this year, which is sort of about shalom, but really about creating what is the best sort of approach in society to to injustice, so this should be a, a nearer for his neshama as well. As I said, and you probably noticed it, that uh, I didn't uh, prepare this year knowing that there was going to be, uh, uh, this week would be, the beginning of executions once again would start up the first federal execution in 17 years. Uh, and I think there's going to, they, they say that there's going to be a state uh, execution in New York state. I think they were talking about that as well. It's going to be the first one since 1954. So the idea of, 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 of lives lost this has also been, uh, if you've been listening to the news, you've been hearing about the lives that have been lost in the protests in the areas where the police have stepped back. Human life is obviously something that it's, it's impossible to put a value on it. And our Parsha is really a Parsha that deals with the fragility of human life and the repercussions when someone is guilty for causing the death of that life or, or extinguishing that life. I specifically want to deal with uh, a question of whether, and that's why I call it Avengers Assemble. Those of you that know, of course, that is the, uh, the cry of, uh, in the comics and then in the movie as well, if you saw it, of the Avengers coming together. I don't know if the word Goyal Adam should be translated as Avenger, but that's the way it's translated in the King James Bible. The Avengers. Today, we don't have the system that the Torah describes, not even in Eretz Yisrael. So the question really is, does this idea of bringing to justice and making sure that it isn't just putting behind bars, but is there something to push for the death sentence? In other words, if someone was killed and you know who the murderer is, in today's society, living outside of Eretz Yisrael, is there a responsibility on the family to do whatever they can to make sure that that, the guilty party dies? Is or is it is it is it part of the idea of what Goel Adam is based on? Is there Goel Adam today? That's really the question. And I want to, uh, in order to uh, 
to examine this question, I'm going to take you into one of uh, a related question. Here is the Rambam in Perik Chof uh, Dalid of Hilchas Sanhedrin. Let's take a look. If you have a betin, they can decide to beat someone who really, according to the Torah, shouldn't be beaten. Look what the Rambam writes in the next line. They can kill someone, even though, according to the Torah standards, according to the way it's established, in the Torah, in the Mishnah, in the Gemaras and Sanhedrin, in Makos and other places, the very high bar of evidence that was necessary. But Bezdin can sometimes kill you. Bezdin can decide to kill you. Lo lavor al divrei Torah. Torah. This is based on the Gemara and Sanhedrin that says, Makin ve'onshin shalom minadin which the Rambam says, the complete manti of onshim, even death. Now, the Rambam explains, what does it mean, lo la'avaro divri Torah? It means that if there's a bezdin in some situation, they're not trying to add to the Torah, but they saw that there's a reason why they need to do it. Shepartzu ha'am bedavar. So they need to legislate, and it sounds from the Rambam, at least only in a temporary way, hakol horot sha'ah. It's only a horot sha'ah. Meaning, they are going to put someone to death who, according to the Torah, we don't have enough reason to do it. Had this been a normal Sanhedrin situation, the man wouldn't die. But if they see that it should be done, they have a right to put that man to death because they are not setting a precedent. Another generation, another time, the Rambam says, based on the Gemara, we wouldn't have killed this person. But we were we were within our rights. The Bezdin is within their rights to take the life of one of the members of the society if they think it was necessary. The Rambam, in order to uh, substantiate, quotes the same incidents that are quoted in the Gemara. He says, Ma'asa, there was a story where they gave makos to someone for being a little bit indiscreet in his romantic uh, leanings. Uh, there was a, they discovered a, a couple in Central Park in, uh, in a compromised position, to say the least, they went and gave the guy makot. Never says in the Torah, you can't do that. But they felt, no. Somebody who's in a public place that he, we don't, they felt we've got to make a, a, a an example out of that person. There was another story, and this is germane to our case. Shorochav al-asus b'shabat yivanim. Riding a horse was only a rabbinical avera. Uh, uh, it was only a rabbinical, you only uh, violated a rabbinical law about not being on an animal, not riding an animal. But we have a, we have witness, we know what occurred, that they actually stoned this person, they killed him. And then the Rambam quotes Shimon ben Shatach, one of the men who were, it was mentioned in the Pirkei Avot, Pirkei Avos, we know that he actually hung 80 women that he suspected for being, um, he suspected for being witches, that they were witches on one day in Ashkelon. And the Ramam says they didn't have the normal process there. There was not real testimony there, but they saw that it, was, it should be done. And that, the Rambam says, means every Bezdin can do that. And that's what he says. They can do it even at any time. Any time you have something which is officially a Bedin, 
they have the ability to punish and to mete out very strict punishments, seemingly even the death sentence. Now, here the Ram just talks about beating someone who they're saying bad things about. I don't want to get into that. Uh, it is a very important halacha. But the Rambam is just showing that this Bezdin is given a lot of leeway. They can even take your money away. They can decide that it's important. And they can take money away and give money, your money, to someone else. The Rambam quotes the Pusik in Ezra, that Ezra had that power. And he, the Rambam assumes every Bezdin has that power in each community. Now, the Rambam does say, and I need to be honest here, that the Rambam says that they shouldn't use this power in a cavalier manner. The Rambam talks about, um, uh, uh, the Rambam speaks about uh, imprisoning people uh, if necessary, and this is, of course, very important about the the present-day Israel. But then the Rambam says, this is the idea that he says, you have to be L'shem Shemayim. There's a lot of power the Torah gives the rabbinical authorities in a community. They can act beyond the scope of the Torah to the point of taking someone's life if necessary. They have a right to do that. But they have to make sure that they are doing it for the right reason, that it's all L'shem Shemayim. And whatever they're going to do, they need to recognize the dignity of the of, of the person they're punishing. He says, Al ye kvod abriot kal be'enov. Don't say, because you're making an example, you've got to realize what you're doing by making that person an example. So you have to be very, very careful. The Rambam says, I love this language of the Rambam, shalom yaharos kvodam, that you can't destroy their dignity in what you're doing. Yes, they were punished, they were beaten, they were insulted. But they are Jews. And even though they did something wrong, the Rambam says, they're machzik and betoras emes. They are still, they might have mur- they might have done something terrible. But they still believe in the Torah. And you've got to be careful. So, when you're doing it, I'm doing it for God. That's why you're doing it. Now, um, that's the Rambam. Now, the question here is, does this apply? Can we apply this Rambam even to today's time? But they did him outside of Israel. Does it apply to them? Or is the Rambam only speaking about the stories in the Gemara that he mentions about Shimon ben Shatach, who lived in the time of the Beis HaMikdash? The clear reading of the Rambam is that it can apply even today. That you could have Dayanim today doing this. And the truth is, historically we know that in different areas of Europe, we were given the autonomy in our communities to actually give meat out the death sentence. It wasn't true in Western Europe, but it was true in parts of North Africa. It was true in many parts of Spain. Even in Christian Spain, when the Muslims had been driven out, the Rosh says there are places where the community had the right to mete out the death sentence. Now, um, I need to tell you that uh, one of the late Rishonim, the Namuka Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Ibn Chaviva quotes, he doesn't say who it is, but he says, Kosvu HaMafarshim. doesn't say who they are, but there's probably some Spaniards that he was familiar with. He says, this that you can actually punish someone beyond the Torah and the Gemaras that speak about people that were stoned, even though according to the Torah they shouldn't have been, 
and the 80 women that Shimon and Shetach killed, that's because that was a Sanhedrin. There was still a functioning Sanhedrin. But a Betin Bialma, lo. A regular Betin would not have a right to do that. So this is in stark contrast to the Rambam. I don't know who it was, but the Namuki Yosef is quoting Rishonim that he was aware of that disagreed. Now, the Gemaras, though, seem to back the Rambam. Why? The Gemaras talks about that, uh, um, that when one of the Amoroyim wanted to cut the hand off of another person who had been beating someone, who was known to be a, a tough guy. So, in fact, the Gemara says by the Reish Galusa, the Reish Galusa told Mar Ukva, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin, that there was someone who was purported to be a murderer. The Reish Galusa said, if you can find out that he actually was the murderer, then what you should do is you should blind him. You should blind him by, I guess, taking his eye out would be the simple shot. And the Gemara said, and then Luke Yosef quotes that Gemara. It says, Ikatol nafsha Now, those Gemaras were about Amaroyim. Amaroyim who didn't live in Eretz Yisrael, who were not technically Musmachim, because they were living in Bavel, after the time there was the Sanhedrin. So we see the Gemaras seem to back up the Rambam. The Rambam didn't quote those Gemaras. But there are Gemaras that talk about Dayanim, Rabbanim, in Babylon, in, ba- in Bavel, where there was no Beis HaMikdash, no Sanhedrin, meeting out these type of punishments. So, the, the Mukha Yosef, whoever he's quoting, needs to explain those cases. So he comes up with a compromise position, which is, La'ansho biktsas ma'ashachayva of Torah. In other words, we do have certain powers outside of the Sanhedrin, but we can't match the Torah. For example, someone who based on the Torah should have died because he was a murderer. What you can do is is take his eye out. (laughs) Or you can maybe chop a limb off, but you can't do more than that. To actually kill the person that you're not able to do. Okay. So what we have here is a question. Obviously, you don't want the these autonomous. Now, again, in Western Europe, eventually, all autonomy was taken away from the Jewish community. Part of the whole Enlightenment idea was that the Jews would be part of the society. In many of the ghettoized societies or the societies where the Jews were operating on their own, the authorities allowed them to have power to actually mete out even capital punishments. Eventually, this question became moot because part of what the Jews, the trade-off was, we'll let you in and become, but you need to subscribe to our laws. And and, and therefore, the Batei Dinim became a lot weaker. They only really, they only legislated on, on, on financial cases. And even in terms of financial cases, looks like somebody has a point. Yeah, that is true. There, there, Rami is asking this. There was, but in general, once the Enlightenment occurred and it spread, this issue became less and less relevant. But before the the period of, of that openness, there were definitely communities uh, where the Jews had autonomy and meted out death sentences. Mukiosev says he doesn't believe, he quotes these Mepharshim who really stood against that, who felt they weren't able to meet out the death sentence. Now, um, if you look in Shulchan Aruch, the tour says, like the Rambam, Bain Bemisa, Bain Bemama, Bain Kamineonesh. 
So the, the Torah writes that you are able to mete out death if necessary. He quotes the Rambam, how, how careful you have to be. And this gets into another question, who's the Dayanim? How about the aldermen of the city, the people that run the town? Can they do it? I don't want to get into that, but it's a very sticky point. Who, who's, who runs the strings? Um, as you can see, he quotes the Rambam. The Rabbi Yosef Cairo is able to bring to the table a tremendous amount of sources. He knew about this Nemuka Yosef. But if you look at the, the, um, the uh, Rabbi Yosef Cairo the, in his base Yosef, you can see I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling here. He quotes the Rashbah one of the most important uh, Rishonim, who said specifically um, that they are allowed to punish. And he says, that makes the world better. So unlike the Rambam, who's very, very careful, he says, we need to extract punishments. Because if we're just going to say, based on the Torah, then what's going to happen is people are going to run roughshod over the society. In fact, the Rashba quotes the famous Gemara. This is the reason why Yerushalayim was destroyed, which, you know, we're in this period of mourning now. Well, Harvard Yerushalayim, because they only wanted to do Din Torah. They didn't want to become uh, elastic and come up with new ways. And if we don't do that, if we don't decide to add and strengthen and sometimes kill, we're actually causing society to, to come apart. So that was the Rashba. And the Rashba says it's every Bezdin. Bechol door, bechol moko. Because it's going to make society better. Um, the Rashba says specifically Dinei Nefoshos the Rashba was talking about Jews in Spain in Christian Spain and he was talking about them being put to death and he says it has to be done very carefully you need to really think about it you need to be very careful but it is able to be applied you have to be very careful about it Okay, so we basically have a machlokas, the Rambam, the Rashba, and Muka Yosef is really seems to be the minority opinion. Um, just to throw in the rush here, the rush who went from Germany to Spain, and he doesn't quote it here, the Beit Yosef, but I'm uh, familiar with it. The rush was they weren't; they actually did not have the power in in Germany to mete out the death sentence. When he came to Spain, he heard about the rush. He became the post of Spain. And he heard about the Spanish communities were regularly, uh, again, it didn't happen that often, but it was definitely not uncommon for death sentences to be handed out within the Jewish community to their members. And the members were put to death by uh, the, the, the Besden of this town. The rush himself, a very famous case, talks about a widow who um, allowed herself to become impregnated by a non-Jew. Everyone knew about it. They asked the Rosh if they can cut her nose off in order to, 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 to deface her, literally, um, and, that she, and, and, to, and to put a fine on her for being such an open harlot. Um, and the rush, I know it's going to make you hate the rush, maybe. The rush says it was a good psak. Cut her nose off. Cut, I don't know if it's completely cut off, but, but, but cut her nose in order that she shouldn't be so beautiful anymore. And this way, the people that she was fooling around with will see her as someone ugly. And he says, the rush, do it quick. So, there is a history that we have in the Middle Ages when we had autonomy to mete out these type of punishments. 
Now, what's, what's important to know is that it's in Shulchan Aruch as well. And, Shul, you know, you could say the tour is also Shulchan Aruch, but here's the Shulchan Aruch. Here's the Shulchan Aruch in Simon Bays of Choshen Mishpat. I did a lot of work here today, so you're going to have to do some scrolling down here. But here we go. Um, so here's the Shulchan Aruch. getting there after this Rivash. The Rivash, by the way, um, also wrote a very long tshuva uh, justifying uh, putting people to death outside of Israel in the local Botedinim. In that case, it was in Algeria. Uh, here's the Shulchan Aruch. They don't have to be smuchim. They can be anywhere. Im roim, that it's necessary they can paskin misa on people, bain misa, or anything, and they don't need real testimony either. Okay, that's the psak in Shulchan Aruch. I want to introduce you now to one of the great mafarshim in the Shulchan Aruch. And I've mentioned them before in these classes, Rabbi Yonas and Ivishitz. Rabbi Yonas and Ivishitz wrote um, a, a uh, groundbreaking work on Choshen Mishpat. It was called the Urim Vitumim. And the Urim was, it, had, it was divided into two parts, and it made Choshen Mishpat fun because he was able really to go into the Shulchan Aruch and connect it back to a lot of the themes that you found in the Talmud and the Gemara and the Rishonim. And that is, uh, uh, and, and, and he was known as one of the greatest teachers of his time. People know about him, Jonathan Ibishitz, Jonas and Ibishitz. They know about his, his uh, uh, the fact that he was accused of, of, of being a Sabbatean. They know about the Kameus that he wrote. But what is less well known and should not be that way is that Rabbi Yonason Ivishitz was one of the greatest teachers of his time. He was an incredible teacher, uh, I, I, and you, you can sense that from his works. Rabbi Yonason writes, he quotes a, um, he quotes a, a sefer that was printed in Salonika um, in um, 1612, the Sefer B'nai Shmuel, which is a commentary on the tour, Beis Yosef. The, Be- the B'nai Shmuel wrote that I'm not ready to accept the Shulchan Aruch here, the We got to be careful about, about this in today's time. Now, as I said before, 150 years later, in fact, even when Ibishitz was writing, this question became not so relevant. But remember when uh, the Bnei Shmuel wrote it, when Rabbi Shmuel Chayon wrote this, and he was writing uh, in Turkey, or wherever he was living was printed in Turkey, the Sefer, there were still some autonomy. And he says, I'm not sure about this to actually kill someone. And remember, what are we? We're just hediotos. And it's true, we do certain things. We do gitin, we do gerus, but this maybe is too tough for us. And remember the Namukha Yosef says we can't go as far. Now, I mentioned the Rivash from Algeria. The Rivash said, okay, even if you want to just take the Gemara, one of the Amarayim cut, set to blind the guy. We know blinding the guy is, is close to death, isn't it? The Gemara says in Avodah that if a person's blind, he could die. So that's pretty much like a death sentence. So Rabbi Onison said, that's not really a proof. Because you're not going to die from being blind, really. It's definitely, you don't want to be that way. 
And he says, and to actually say, to kill someone, it's a very big jump. Yeah, it might be a sakana to poke someone's eyes out. But I love this. He says, Ravionis and Ibishad says, everyone knows there's something they do in the Far East when there's someone who has, uh, uh, one of their officers has, uh, is, is accused of rebellion. What they do is they have him stand in the sunlight in front of uh, a glaring mirror. And they make him stare straight into it with the light beaming and they force him to look at that and that somehow blinds you. Again, you could look this up. Uh, Rav Yarinasen said it's well known. And this shows you that despite he was a Makobo, a Posek, he was also well read about customs that people had been saying things. And he was in Altoona, Hamsburg. He was in, in Germany and other places, in Poland originally, but then he became a Rav in Germany in the 18th century. So he's very aware of Ivishitz was. And he says, you can blind someone today's time without without any sort of uh, danger to the person's life. So therefore, this halacha needs a lot of explanation. How can we accept it in today's time? Despite the Rambam, despite the Rashba, despite the Rivosh, it's human life we're talking about. Can we really take someone's life? Do we really have the power to take someone's life? So Ibishitz came up with a way to explain it. The way you have to explain it is, we know in this week's Parsha, as I said, it's the Parsha of the Goel Adam. And we know there is a machlokas, whether a Goel Adam is a mitzvah, the avenger of the blood. Is there a mitzvah for him to kill the relative? But we know that uh, if there is no Goel Adam, Bezdin appoints a Goel Adam. And therefore, Ibishitz wants to say, we could all be the Goel Adam today. In other words, the Din Goel Adam could apply. What was Ibishitz looking for? How can we justify the Psaq of the Shulchan Aruch? How can we justify the Psaq of the Shulchan Aruch? Although they didn't justify it that way. The Rambam, the Rashba, the Rivosh the Torah who quotes it, the Beis Yosef who quotes it. How do we justify taking human life? Shouldn't we be afraid? We know about the Nemuka Yosef waving the flag and saying, you can't go as far. But Ibishitz found the way. Maybe what we're doing is a Goel Adam job. Maybe when Bezdin does that, they're acting like the Goel Adam. They're acting as the Avenger. That idea we find in the Torah in this week's Parsha could allow a justice system in an autonomous Jewish society to mete out the death sentence. You hear where this is going. Maybe this could be enough of a right. The Goel Adam is, doesn't act according to the Besden rules, right? So maybe that's what we could do. Now, he says, one second. We know that generally, if you look in the Rambam, it sounds like you need to have due process for the Goel Adam. There's got to be Nigmar Dino Bebezdin. Like the Rambam says in Perak Aleph of Hilchas Rotzeach Alochahe. We're going to check that out and see if he's right. So therefore, Ibishit says, Bizman Bezdin, Din Goel Adam. In other words, in order for someone, again, remember there's two types of Goel Adam. There's the Goel Adam for the one who killed brazenly. Maybe I have to review this with you so you'll know what I mean. The Rambam in the beginning of the laws of Ritzicha. What does he write? Anyone who kills someone is over alosa, say of course, of Lotirzach. And if you do kill someone, and we have Adam, you will be put to death with the sword. Now, the next halacha, the Rambam says, who's the one who puts him to death? 
The Goel Adam kills the Rotzeach. That's our Pasek. Goel Adam who yomis as a Rotzeach in this week's Parsha. Now, if the Goel Adam just can't do it, or he's not able to, he's not able to pick up a, 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 a crossbow or a knife, he, he just can't do anything. Osha Engel Goel Adam, Betin kills him. Uh, which the Rambam understands as sort of like a proxy to the Goel Adam. Here's the halacha Ibishit's quotes. If a Rotzeach kills Bemezid, we don't have the Adam kill him. The people who see him don't kill him. He needs to come to Bezdin. That again is in this week's parsha. You need due process to occur. So now, Rabbi Yonason is now saying, the Goel Adam, is the, is, according to the Rambam, is the person who's supposed to put the guy to death. Yet this halacha says you need to have the process. If the Bezdin says he's guilty, now you kill him, Goel Adam. The other Goel Adam we're talking about is the one who kills Bisho, the one who is the Rotzeach Bishoge, the one who killed, which we call quote unquote an accident, the one who fell off the roof, the one who wasn't careful. In both cases, the avenger of the blood is there. But in one case, um, which is the case which is relevant to Ibishitz, is where we know he's a murderer. Maybe we can put him to death because we're the Goel Adam. But he says the Rambam seems to imply that in order to be a Goel Adam, to, to, have the, to act as Bezdin's agents to kill, there needs to be a Bezdin. And we don't have the Bezdin, right? There is no Bezdin today to accept that type of case. So Ibishitz, Rav Yonason says, maybe we can still use it. He says, there is no, there's no Goel Adam. Okay, so this is the statement everybody harps on, that there really is no true Goel Adam today, because we can't, we don't have the halachic process that used to be in the time of the Mishnah. So Goel Adam is only acting once we hear the Psak of Misa. But he says, here, Lemigder Mil Samarit, and since we don't want people to start murdering you. Uh, we, we don't want people to think that human life is so uh, unsacred it can just be taken. So maybe if the Besden decides there's murders going on, we need to do something, we're going to make a special legislation to give a din of Goel Adam. That's going to be the gloves that we'll use in order to extinguish the life of these murderers. But he says, we can't do it for other Averot. In other words, even though the Shulchan Aruch says, you can decide to give out the death sentence for whatever you want, similar to the one who was put to death for riding a horse on Shabbos. Here, Ibishad says, we should not do that. Why? Again, he bases on a Rambam, because the Rambam says, why murder is so different than all other Averos. So basically, Rabbi Yonason is, is sort of, uh, let's take it, uh, what, what have we accomplished here? Shulchan Aruch, full steam ahead. You want to kill someone, do it with uh, caution, but if you decide it's the right thing, we trust you, you're empowered to mete out the death sentence. Uh, Rabbi Yonason Ibishitz, reading the literature, knowing the climate of the times, says, I don't know, human life, got to be careful. However, maybe there is a way to do it based on the idea of Golal Adam, which technically doesn't apply today because we don't have the witnesses, we don't have the system, we don't have the court, but maybe we can create a new type of Golal Adam for today. That's what Rabbi Yonason says. But it should only apply, of course, like Golal Adam, which is only an issue of when someone has died. But any other Avera, 
whatever it is. It could be Chilul Shabbos, it could be Avodah it could be the most uh, terrible sex crime. There we cannot uh, apply uh, the, the idea of taking uh, the perpetrator's life. I just want to read you what the, the part of the Rambam that he quotes. He says, look at the Rambam in Perak Dalid. So if you look at the Rambam in Perak Dalid of Hilchus Rotzeach, I'd like to read that to you just, and I think it's a very powerful, powerful Rambam. The Rambam does something he usually does not do. He quotes a medrash to explain it. The Rambam talks about the halacha. That let's say somebody is a murderer. And of course, the Rambam is speaking at the time of the Sanhedrin, but it's still relevant. But you didn't have the witnesses who saw it simultaneously. Uh, or they forgot, darn it, to give Hasra. They forgot to warn him properly. Or it turned out, one of the things, I spoke, I've spoken about this in the past, one of the things that we do is uh, question the witnesses very intensely. Now, there's two types of questioning. One is called Hakiros, and one is called Bidikos. The Hakiros are very crucial. What day of the week was it? What was he, it was a murder? What was he holding in his hand? Who was it exactly, of course? Uh, what was the time? All of that is called Hakiros. Then there's something called Bidikos, which, did you, okay, what was he wearing? If one of the persons says he was wearing a black cardigan and the others said he was wearing a red cardigan, that's enough to get the guy off. Now, if one guy says a black cardigan, the other one says, I don't know, I didn't notice the color of the cardigan, that's, then the, the testif- testimony stands. The reason why we're supposed to do this is based on a Pusik in this week's parsha of Yitzilu Ha'eda. We're supposed to try to save the, the guy who's in the docket. I know it sounds a little bit strange, but that is the halacha. So we're mar bibidikos. This way, if they do um, contradict each other, we throw the case out. So there were many where the witnesses, one guy said red cardigan, one said black cardigan, and the guy got off the hook. So what do you do in that case? We know he's a murderer, so we don't just let him off, the Rambam says. Ko elu and they're murderers. We put them in a closed room. What we do is that we give them this um, this food that causes their stomach to burst almost. Well, it gets, gets, uh, shrinks, so, so to speak. Um and they get very, very tight in their stomach, then we give them barley and beer, which causes them to to actually to, to go into a terrible intestinal issue, and we don't let them out of that room, and they sort of they sort of die there. Uh, you know, with you know now the Ramam says we don't do this for for people who do Avodazara, we don't do this for people who do Gilearias. Um why? So the Rambam says there are worse, technically, maybe worse Averis than murder. Meaning, Avodazara, Skila, murder is Saif, which is less of a punishment, according to Chazal, than Skila. Still, in terms of God, abstract, you could say Avodazara, you know, takes God out of the world. But Murder ain't ben ashkosas yeshuvu sha'olam kishvichastamen. There's nothing that destroys society like murder. Even Avodizara, even Arias, Chil Shabbos. It's not like murder. Because those ultimately, you're right, they take man away from God, which in the big picture will, 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 will ruin society. Right now, the murder that occurs, that little girl of a shot, whatever it was, that event that occurred now, 
that shvich astamen creates a discord between people, and you are a rasha gomer if you are a, a person who has murdered, and you could do mitzvahs the whole rest of your life. They do not count against that sin, and they're not going to save you. The proof he brings is from Achav, Achav the the melech who is over Avodah and the Torah, uh, the, the, the Pasuk writes, there's, he's like the epitome of Avodah Zarah. But when the time came to decide Ahab's faith, the fate in God's hands, the sin that showed up, the one that decided that Ahab and his whole household were going to be uh, consigned to death, it was not because of his Avodah Zarah. It's because what he did to his cousin, Novos, the way he trumped up a charge against him and had him killed in order to take his vineyard. The Pusik in, in Malachim says, aruach, Hashem. A spirit came and spoke to God and said, I am going to cause the false prophets to all say, go out and you can win the battle. Because that's how Achav died. He died in battle. Because the false prophets told Achav that he would win. So the Novi tells us that God in Shamayim was basically responsible for the puppet master making that happen, but the agent that he used was a spirit, a spirit that came and, and pushed all those prophets to say ridiculous things that they would be able to beat Aram, that they would be able to, to beat the, uh, the Armaim. Sitkiah Haknani, Sitkiah, that was the false prophet. So Chazal say, you know who that spirit was? That was the spirit, the ghost of Novos. And God said to that ghost, okay, go, do your work. So the Rambam quoting the Medrash about what the spirit was, very un-Rambam-like, says, you see, that it was only his the way Achav had acted against uh, Novos that was responsible for his death. And Achav didn't kill Novos directly. He created a court case against him. For sure, it was someone who kills directly, we have to treat that way. So Rav Yonason quotes this Rambam, he mentions, references this Rambam, and says, only for something as terrible as this are we going to legislate. Now, Rav, uh, Rav Aryeh Heller, the author of the Ketzos HaChoshen, saw this Urim Batumim, he saw this from Jonas and Ivishitz. He didn't disagree in substance. But he said he thinks Rabbi Yonason is wrong. Rabbi Yonason implies there is no din of Goel Adam today. We have to create a Goel Adam. As you can see here, Lessa, Rabbi Yonason says, first of all, there are two types of Goel Adam. And Rashi says, even when there is no death sentence on the person, you, the Goel Adam who kills the guy Bishoged, on the, who comes out of the Ermiklat, is considered doing things according to the Torah. Now, there was no death sentence on that person. They just sent them the Golas. And you still see a Goel Adam works. The Shoged Goel Adam. And he says, even the Rambam, who doesn't say that, it has to be, in order to be an agent of Bezdin, uh, that you're doing sort of the will of God by killing the person, it has to be the guy who was amazed. We know the Rambam says that even if you have a person who can't be killed, someone who is throwing stones into a crowded area, he's throwing metal into a crowded area, knowing that but he wasn't trying to kill someone, but he realizes there are people there we can't kill him. We can't punish him to death. But the Rambam says he doesn't go to Irmiklat. What does the Rambam say? The Rambam says that he has to stay in fear of the Goa Adam killing him. Hmm. So you see, someone who never had a, a, a case brought in court against him is still considered a person the Goa Adam can kill. 
The Rambam also says that if you only have one witness or there was no Asra, the go of Adam can kill you. So the, uh, Rav Aryeh Heller, the Ketos HaChoshan, a Sefer on Choshan Mishpat says, based on these arguments, you don't need a Bezdin for a Goal Adam, a real Bezdin, to go through a process. You see a Goal Adam can kill him. In fact, the source that Ibishitz brought, that you, the, the Rambam only mentioned witnesses and anyone else. But the relative, the Goal Adam, he has a right to kill even if it's if there wasn't a proper Bezdin. And you see anything that's like... Now, the only thing he's worried about, Ibishitz, is maybe there's no Goal Adam today because you at least, you don't need a Psak Misa. You don't need a Psak from the Bezdin that this guy should die. But you should at least have testimony about what occurred and maybe we don't even have that ability to hear real testimony about something that's connected to a possible death sentence. And maybe that's enough to exclude a Goal Adam from happening today. However, um, we still know that somebody... The Rambam does say that if somebody if somebody uh, has killed without proper witnesses, we're going to let the Goladam kill him because it's no worse than somebody who was throwing scrap iron in a crowd that was landing on people that we would also let the Goladam kill him. So Ibish, uh, Rav, Rav Heller says Maybe that's relevant today. We don't need to say we created it in Golal Adam. Maybe there actually is Golal Adam today. Now, how does this argument relevant? According to Ivishitz, there needs to be a special convocation of the Bezdin to say we are applying the Din Golal Adam. According to Heller, according to the Ktsos, Golal Adam is really still here. So how would it apply in terms of today? Well, according to the Ktsos, you as a relative would need to do what you can to do what? To get the authorities to kill the person. If there is a Dingoel Adam, now we have to wonder, is there a mitzvah to do it? Do you have to do it, or do you have the right to do it? That's an interesting question. What is the, the Avengers Assembly about? Do they have to do it? Must they do it? Do they have the right to do it? Well, the question came up in the 17th century, and from one of the big postkin of the 17th century, Not the Labavitcher Tzemach Tzedek, but Rav Menachem Mendel Krachmol, who says that there was a case where they knew the murderer was. And he says that the question was can we go to the murderer's relative? and say, you have to be involved in bringing this guy to justice. So Rav Krachmo said, You need to go to the relative and say, you need to do whatever it takes to find this guy and to bring him to justice. And he quotes the opinion of Yossi Aglili, that that's a mitzvah of the Goel Adam. There's a mitzvah in the Goel Adam to kill the Rotseach. Now, in today's time, we can't kill. 
but you can spend money on a lawyer to prosecute. So you have to use your money. This was written in the, in the 17th century to do whatever you can, like the mitzvah. This is it's the same way you have to teach your kids Torah. And if you don't, if you don't, if you can't teach them Torah, you find someone else to teach them. You don't know how to do, do a bris, you find someone else. This mitzvah is mutal, he says, on the Goel Adam. Because this is not the shogeg, remember. The shogeg might be, well, he maybe he shouldn't do it. He's allowed to do it. This is amazing. So in a case where you know the guy killed openly, maliciously, there's a mitzvah to do it. So if you can, if you have to pay money, that's what you have to do. So, and it doesn't make a difference who the murderer is, whether it's a Jew or a non-Jew. That was the Psak of Rav Krachmol. Now, it's brought in the Piskei Tshuva, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch in one of the commentaries. So according to this, L'chorah today, that's what somebody would have to do. Rav Zilberstein, and we'll end with this, Zilberstein had the following question. There was a Jew who he didn't know who the murderer was. Not like in the case of Krachmo. In this case, they found the body of, a, of someone dead in the river. The police were trying to figure out who it was. They couldn't, they, the leads were cold. It was a cold case. New new uh, murders showed up. Does the child of the murderer of the of the, of, of the victim need to hire a detective, a private detective, in order to find the murderer, or do we say a Kaddish Baruch is going to take care of it? So, in the case of Krachmal. They knew the murderer was, and the question was, who should be pushing for it? But if it's true that there's a din goal Adam today, so that would mean, in Rav Zilberstein's case, the police gave up? I'm not giving up. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to find him, to do this mitzvah of bringing him to justice and making sure that the death sentence is, is carried out. He quotes the Tzedek that I just showed you. And he says, Rav Zilberstein, that based on the Tzedek the Goa Adam should probably show up in court as well and, and do whatever it takes to want to uh, put to to, to 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 make sure there's a death sentence that's going to be done. Um, and to hire the the prosecutor who knows how to do it. So that would be according to Krachmo. So according to Krachmo, it would seem. But he quotes another famous post, the Chavas Yor, that says that the Goal Adam is no greater than the Sanhedrin was. And if there's no Sanhedrin, there can't be any Goal Adam, which is really what we saw, the opinion of this Machlokas, Krachmol, and, and the Chavis Yor, is really the Machlokas between Rabionis and Ibishitz and the Ktsos. So, it would seem that, based on this, that the family, if the Ktsos is right, the family would have a responsibility to, to not give up. And it isn't, and, and, and it might be the mitzvah of Goel Adam. Not the mitzvah of killing the Goel Adam Beshogeg, the other mitzvah. The mitzvah of the Goel Adam getting the person who did the murder. And that would, again, uh, 
obviously, you know, the family wants to have closure. Uh, that's part of it. But I think this allows us to see things um, in somewhat of a, a different perspective. It isn't just, you know, I hate you and I'm, and I'm pursuing you. Um, according to one very, according to very strong opinions, it's actually a mitzvah to do. It's a mitzvah to do what, what's, what, what it takes to, to actually make sure the person is dead. Um, and if you are in a, a state that doesn't have capital punishment, I guess uh, you wouldn't have that mitzvah, right? Um, so uh, that would be another nafkamina. I don't know if uh, in New York and New Jersey, I think, I'm not sure. Uh, there might be, it might, it might depend on how horrific the crime was. Like this guy that they just did the lethal injection in Indiana, and they said he killed out a whole family. But still, that would also be enough gamina. If you're living in a, a country where the death sentence has been abrogated, there is no death sentence anymore. So then uh, I would assume the mitzvah doesn't, doesn't apply. Um, I don't want to get into the possibilities of going, you know, beyond the law. That probably would be uh, definitely verboten in that case. So something that. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 